Howdy, this is the Views from the Shot podcast. I'm your host, your one and only host, Tim Miller, and today it is Sunday, Super Bowl Sunday, February 11th, 2024, and I wish you a very, very, very happy Grandmother Achievement Day. Today's show is, as always, presented by Big Banter Sports, and Ohio State has won a basketball game. Ohio State has won a basketball game, and they are 2-0 in the past two games in which I have attended. Therefore, I can tell you one thing. After watching this team for a second win in a row, the only thing these Buckeyes need is me to be in the stands watching the game. Because if I'm there, they're winning. And guess what, folks? I will be at the shot on Sunday when Ohio State takes on Purdue at home. So, just go ahead and lock it in right now. Buckeyes are taking that one. Today's show is, hmm, it's going to be interesting. First of all, my voice at this point is maybe 60%. It's maybe 60%. You may not be able to tell, but already we're two minutes in, not even a minute in, and this hurts. This does not feel good. And if you were at the game, I don't know what the attendance was today. If you're at the game, hopefully you're feeling the same way. The energy at the shot was incredible. I tweeted about it before the game started. I said this is the best energy the shot has had all season other than maybe the Texas A&M game. By the time this game was over, it was the most electric game of the season at the shot for Ohio State. Today's show, we are not going to whine and pout and complain like some Ohio State fans apparently are. So I'm driving home. Mm, Pause. I need to set the agenda. Okay, first of all, my voice hurts. We're going to give it our best for 30 minutes. If we can't go 30, then it is what it is. But... We'll do what we can here. Number two, I don't have much of an agenda. I just want to get on and talk about Ohio State basketball. So there's that. Doesn't mean it's going to be unorganized. It's just we're going to get into it pretty quickly here. And number three, and here's where I will go into what I was just talking about. Apparently, there are some in the Ohio State basketball community who are maybe not upset that Ohio State beat Maryland, but just like kind of scoffing at Ohio State. For winning this game, going into double overtime and winning a game at home against Maryland. Don't understand that. We've got some people who, if you dig into my Twitter, you'll find it. But there's some people who just want to be completely negative about Ohio State. And when Ohio State wins in double overtime, all of a sudden, they just don't tweet again for the rest of the night. That doesn't mean I didn't get my fun in, for what it's worth. You can find the tweet on Twitter. That's fine if you want to go search for it. It's not a huge deal. But apparently, as I get home from this game, and I am exhausted. I I am I am I am recording on Saturday night. I have grabbed some dinner at at a Greater Columbus area Chick-fil-A, and it just slapped. It was one of those where you're gonna look back on that meal two to three years down the road. You know, you've had them. Where you just stop and you grab something quick and you're like, why is this so dang good? And that's what happened at the Chick-fil-A. Not a sponsor could be on this show, but 
mm, the the mac and cheese was just right. The the chicken so tender. The the milkshake did not soothe the sore throat, but I don't care. I don't care at all. It tasted great. And and then I you know you grab groceries. You do you do the whole thing because you, you got a life to live outside Ohio State basketball. Unfortunately, as we all do. But I get home, and to my surprise, as I am putting together, I'm just gonna I'm gonna humble flex about everything. Okay, I'm making homemade pizza dough because we are about that life for Super Bowl Sunday, as should you be. Um, also, another humble flex, another reason I'm exhausted today. All all the things that happened from this game ran six miles today. Pat on the back for myself there. That's not a humble brag. That's just a straight up brag for a guy like me. That's good. Anywho, get home to my surprise as I'm exhausted from putting away groceries and making some homemade pizza dough. Here I am on the Twitter seeing that some people are complaining about Ohio State basketball winning. Now, most of the tweets, if not all the tweets I saw were essentially complaining about complaining about how do we phrase this? The tweets were people complaining about other people complaining about the fact that Ohio State won, if that makes sense, if you follow. Luckily, I did not see any of those tweets as far as I'm aware, but I did see one commentator who, when you're a commentator, when you're on 97.1 The Fan, not to out that person, they're not hard to find. They've been a Chris Holtman and Ohio State basketball detractor all season, and, and for longer than that, led me to hit the unfollow button tonight, unfortunately, because all that negativity, just at some point, it's like, okay, let, th- this is enough. We understand you want your likes, you want your retweets, you want the engagement. You're going to throw out some easy stuff. You're going to hate Chris Holtman with some low blows. That's fine. I've been critical of Chris Holtman, of course, sure. But not every tweet of mine is going to be negative because not everything is negative all the time, believe it or not. But we've got people complaining, kind of detracting from Ohio State winning. Let me just say this. To kick off this show, watch, go back this morning or this afternoon, probably not this evening if it's Sunday because you're probably watching the Super Bowl, but just go back in your leisure as you're listening to this and and go through Ohio State Hoops or Ohio State University Buckeyes Twitter pages or pull up the highlights of this game and just watch and reminisce and enjoy because... As, as good as this win was for Ohio State, it's kind of bittersweet because I see this potentially being the peak of Ohio State basketball this season. I'm not sure that it will get better. It will most certainly get worse just in the fact that Ohio State's not going to win out for the rest of the season. If they do, then I'm happy to be wrong on that one. But just sit back, relax, and just enjoy a win. You saw the emotion from Bruce Thornton and Roddy Gale at the end of that game, Dale Bonner celebrating the team, hugging. It was incredible to see. Being in the arena for this one was absolutely insane. There, they they brought the energy the fan base did in this one. It was really, really fun to be there. And at this point, the morning after, the day after, maybe you're listening on Monday as you're starting out the week. <sighs> Just take a deep breath, sit back, and say, man. That game was fun. I enjoyed rooting for those guys. I enjoyed watching this team pick up a huge win in what's been a really, really tough season. So that is the first takeaway, and that's how I want to open up this show, is just enjoy 
this win. Because if you're an Ohio State fan, you don't know when you're going to get a game like this again. A double overtime win at home, that's special. That I, I don't care who you play. If it's in the conference, it could be the number 14 team in the Big Ten, which would be Ohio State. Maybe not at this point. Now, I haven't checked the standings. Uh, but I believe Michigan was getting waxed by Nebraska, so Ohio State should jump. But I don't care if you're playing the number one team in the nation or the number 14 team in the Big Ten. If you're playing at home, if you're playing at home in January, February, March, and you get a double overtime win, that's exciting and that's fun. And that's what Ohio State did in this one. So I've got takeaways from this game. I've got thoughts from this game. But I want to start here with the bad. Okay? I've got two points that I'm gonna that I'm gonna start with on the bad, and then we can go have our fun. But my job, as always, my goal on this podcast is to be measured, is to be analytical, not be too high, not get swung by the highs, not get swung by the lows, and just try to be the medium across the Ohio State fan base where the detractors will sometimes pick up what I say and say, okay, yeah, that's probably true. And the Ohio State enthusiast will also say, hey, I appreciate what he says there. I picked that up. You may not agree 100% of the time, but hopefully there are some things that you can take of value from this show. So I want to start with two things that I didn't like about this game, and then we'll go on and, and it'll be roses and sunshine and rainbows and, and, and jumping jacks. No, not jumping jacks. Jump roping and teeter-tottering and... Uh, hopscotch all the way home, okay? Two things I have to point out to start. Number one, I, I have not seen energy from the Ohio State basketball team in weeks. And that continued against Maryland. Let me be clear. Ohio State won this game by four points. In overtime, Julian Reese for Maryland just could not hit a free throw. He couldn't. He was 5 of 11 total during this game. He had four turnovers in 49 minutes played. This man never left the floor. He had 13 points and 13 rebounds. But unfortunately for Maryland, he could not hit a free throw when it mattered most. So Ohio State, for what it's worth, kind of won this game. Because of the fact that Julian Reese missed a bunch of free throws in overtime. There was also a one-point play in this one that I I took a mental note and said, hey, if this comes down to a one-point game or or it's tied or something like that late, come back to this play. I don't remember what it was, and I wish I do. But hopefully, maybe you remember it. You remember a one-point play that, that ended up getting reversed or something like that. And it mattered. Yes, actually... I do remember it was there was a lane violation committed by Jameer Young, I believe on a Roddy Gale free throw attempt that he missed. The lane violation was committed. Roddy Gale gets another free throw and he hits it. That was in the second half. So if Jameer Young doesn't do that, if he doesn't commit the lane violation, Roddy Gale doesn't get that free throw and the Buckeyes are down by one. Who knows where the game goes? But essentially, the Buckeyes at the end of this game, you could say, would have lost this game by one point. Obviously, game script would have been differently. Ohio State would have played that game differently. But that was huge. Maryland's two best players, and they are basically a two-headed monster, is Maryland, with Jameer Young and with Julian Reese. Both of those guys did not come up big for Maryland when they needed them to. However, 
Back to my first point. The energy from this team has been lacking. It's been lacking for weeks from Ohio State. And I tweeted about this during the game. And I said Ohio State was doomed to continue to lose until we saw energy. Here's what I saw from this team. And I really paid attention to them since I was there in person for this one. And every time out, there were a couple examples of this. End of the first half, Evan Mahaffey hits a three, brings Ohio State within one. They were down by 10 at one point in the first half. They continue to claw back, claw back, claw back. And I remember Dale Bonner at at one point had a chance to get it. Well, Ohio State had a chance to get up. Dale Bonner turned the ball over, and then Maryland went on a mini run. And finally, at the end of the first half, Buckeyes down by one after an Evan Mahaffey three. After an Evan Mahaffey three. Evan Mahaffey. Not Bruce Thornton. Not Jameson Battle. Evan Mahaffey hits a three. Buckeyes are down by one. Maryland gets the ball. They cross, they cross the half point court line. And they call a timeout. And while the fans are getting up and they're cheering. And it's the first time there's been really, really real, real energy in the shot. Where everyone who is an Ohio State fan is excited. This team just walks back to the bench. You don't see a lot of high-fiving. You don't see people getting excited. You didn't really see a lot of energy. And then, starting out the second half, Zed Key comes in, and Zed Key takes a charge. Zed Key gets up by himself, and he jogs back down to the other, other end of the floor by himself. There's no, there's no clapping. There's no helping him get up. There's no... There's no flexing. Zed Key didn't react when that happened. And Zed Key, as a senior, as the only player who's been with Ohio State for all four years, get up and slap the freaking floor, clap your hands, and show Maryland that there's blood in the water and they should be afraid. Bill Belichick. There's a famous video of Bill Belichick with the Patriots yelling at his defense. One time, I think it was like a Monday night game. He yells at his defense after they make a big play and they don't celebrate. He wanted them to celebrate because celebrating intimidates your opponent. And and you can be an old head or you can be a detractor and that's fine and say, oh, celebrating doesn't mean anything or slapping the floor, clapping your hands. That won't help you in a game. You need to score. You need to be better defensively. Yeah, no crap, guy, obviously. But there's a mental part of sports. It's very real extremely real and when you have blood in the water you need to show your opponent that there is blood in the water and I didn't see that from Ohio State for weeks even in this one it was bad and I said Ohio State was doomed to continue this losing streak until there was emotion but then something started to change you get to the end of the second half Buckeyes get into overtime and they're tied and there wasn't much of a reaction at that point But at the end of the first overtime and heading into the second overtime, you could start to see this team was changing its body language. It wasn't just lollygagging back to the bench. You saw people clapping. You saw people getting on one another. You saw at one point Devin Royal is is chest bumping with an assistant coach. And you're seeing this team have some energy and some fight. And my goodness... Break a clipboard, get a technical foul, slap the floor, get into some kind of a fight. I know Zed Key is always involved in something in every game he plays in. He's super physical. That's fine. Give me something. Slap the floor. Lose a tooth. 
Bleed a little bit. I don't care. Show me something. Ohio State finally showed something in this one. Now they're going to go to Wisconsin at the Kohl Center. It's going to be a very difficult game. Show me something. When there is blood in the water, make your opponent know. The other negative on this game that I've got to talk about. And I hate to say it. I hate to single out players. But my goodness, Ohio State has got a Dale Bonner problem. Dale Bonner airmailed a three in this one. He played 37 minutes due to some foul trouble. He scored seven points on three of eight shooting from the field. He had one turnover. He had two fouls. One steal. A fine game from him, I suppose. But Dale Bonner has not been what he was brought in to be. Now, one thing that we saw, or or that Jake Dealer talked about on his Friday press conference was when this team is struggling offensively, as bad as they are, they have got to go get buckets and go steal buckets when they get the chance. And Dale Bonner, his speed, his ability to push the basketball has not been utilized by Ohio State this season. Regardless, regardless of the fact that I don't think he's being used in a way that he should, he is still not playing nearly the way that you would like him to see. He has not had a steal in in five games until this game against Maryland. He had been averaging 0.4 rebounds per game over his last five coming into this one. Again, I know that's not really a strength of his, but when you are scoring two points per game in your last five, when you are shooting 28% from three in your last five, 29% over the entire season, and your assist numbers, your assist rate, not great, which is something that you thought you were going to get out of him as well. The steal percentage, absolutely not there. Not blocking shots, not really producing a lot. You need something from Dale Bonner, and you have not been able to get it. The turnover numbers, not good either for Dale Bonner. Averaging 0.2 turnovers per game, 0.5 over the season, that's not bad. But when you look at the turnover rate, wow. When you look at the turnover rate, those numbers are higher than you would like to see as well over the season. He's not scoring in the fast break. He's not distributing the ball. Ohio State has a serious Dale Bonner problem. And you can say, why won't Ohio State just put Taysen Chapman in? Your answer is on the floor. If you're getting the production out of Dale Bonner that you are, and the coaching staff still doesn't trust Taysen Chapman, that means that Taysen Chapman clearly is not ready yet to be playing at a high-level Division I college basketball. And that's okay. That doesn't mean that he's bad because he's not. It doesn't mean he's a bad player. He can't ever be a good player at Ohio State. But it shows that if Dale Bonner's going to have this type of production, apparently Taysen Chapman can't contribute either. So Ohio State absolutely does have a Dale Bonner problem. Would like to see them lock it in a little bit more. But Ohio State heads into this game needing a win. They go up 33-32 to at halftime. That first half was as ugly as it gets. But you know what? Ohio State actually closed the half as the aggressor. Down by six with a couple of minutes left. The Buckeyes, I believe they actually might have went on a 7-0 run to close out the first half. And they have the lead. 
How often have you seen that from Ohio State this season? And how often have you seen the reverse? That's a great sign. At that point, I still didn't think Ohio State was going to win. But you head in the second half, you start to see a little bit of momentum, but the Buckeyes just cannot get to the spot that they want to be in, and that's having a lead. We see a tie-up and a jump ball. Ohio State takes a timeout to avoid the jump ball, keep possession of the basketball. One of my major criticisms of Chris Holtman in this one, and sorry, not in this one, but over his tenure at Ohio State has been the coaching staff, whether it's Chris Holtman, Jake Tabler drawing up plays, whoever, I don't care. But this coaching staff has not been able to figure out how to come out of a timeout and run a set that works. So they call a timeout to avoid the jump ball, and then 20 seconds of game time later, Buckeyes burn their final timeout after not finding any success with what was drawn up. That is inexcusable. Buckeyes go the final way without any timeouts. You cannot have that. And then you get down to the final minute of this game. Maryland has, I think, 48-ish seconds left on the clock. You knew that they were going to go fast. If you know anything about basketball, even knowing Maryland is the slowest-paced team probably in the Big Ten, they are not a fast-paced team just like Ohio State. But you knew in this one they were going to go fast because they wanted the two-for-one. Maryland went so fast and got fouled. They went so fast that Ohio State now had the chance for the two-for-one. And whether Bruce Thornton didn't execute or whether the coaching staff didn't communicate it, I don't know. But that, again, is inexcusable. They had to go. They didn't. They took too much time. The awareness was not there either for Bruce Thornton or for the coaching staff. And the Buckeyes miss a shot and give Maryland the shot at the end of regulation. However, Ohio State gets a stop and we head into overtime. And this is where things get really interesting. Because Evan Mahaffey fouls out and this front court for Ohio State is absolutely depleted. You've got Austin Parks, who's injured in this one with a bum knee because he he clanked knees with another player in practice on, on Friday. You've got Zed Key probably running triple digits fever. Sounded like he was he was in really bad shape on Friday, and he was not supposed to play in this one. Chris Holtman said it after the game. Zed Key was not supposed to play unless it was an emergency. And boy, was it an emergency. Because Felix Akpara gets in foul trouble. He had three fouls early in the second half. Maybe even in the first half. I don't remember correctly, but it's probably the second half. However, you've got Devin Royal. Devin Royal, in this game, also gets into some foul trouble. He only played in 13 minutes, but he had four fouls. I love Devin Royal. I do. I love the energy that he brings. I love that it seems like every time he gets on the floor, he gets a bucket on the first possession. That's what he did in this one. However, the aggressiveness that he plays with at times comes back to hurt him because he gets into foul trouble. And not only that, but he's undersized. Julian Reese was punishing him in this one. And Maryland knew it. And every time Devin Royal was in and Devin Royal was guarding Julian Reese, Maryland said, let's go back to the well that never runs dry. Get the ball to Julian Reese and let him back down Devin Royal. The fact that Ohio State played this game basically without a healthy Zed Key, without any kind of Zed Key for most of the game, Felix Akpara in major foul trouble, Evan Mahaffey fouling out, 
and Devin Royal getting bullied, and Ohio State still won this game against a team that dominates the offensive class, against a team that dominates scoring in the paint, that's all they do. And yet they still won this game with a depleted front court. That is extremely impressive. Now, let's go to the second overtime really quickly here. The the very start of the second overtime, the first possession Maryland got, they go to Julian Reese with Devin Royal on him. And I believe he scores. Second possession, Julian Reese again backs down Devin Royal, and he's right under the hoop. Not only does Ohio State want to limit paint touches in this one, but they want to limit paint positioning. If you're going to allow an entry pass into a post player, don't allow his foot to be on the block. Keep him out of the paint. That's something Zed Key can do. That's something Felix Akpara can do at times. Evan Mahaffey can do it at times. Devin Royal is not skilled at doing that. So he gets back down. Ball gets stripped. The Buckeyes get it back. And then I don't remember if the Buckeyes got a score or not. But I actually, I think they would have because Chris Holtman calls a timeout right after that score. There's still four minutes on the clock in the second overtime. And fans are saying, how in the world are you calling a timeout four minutes into, sorry, one minute into the second overtime? That's your only timeout. You get one, you're done. That's it. And there are a couple fans beside me who kind of throw their arms up and say, what are we doing, Chris Holtman? Classic Chris Holtman doesn't know what he's doing. Another commentator about Ohio State basketball, apparently a ball knower, so he thinks... Also making fun of Chris Holtman on Twitter for calling the timeout. Guess what? If Chris Holtman did not call that timeout, Maryland would have went back down there, fed it to Julian Reese, and he probably would have dunked on Devin Royal. No offense to Devin Royal. I love his game, but he was not able to guard Julian Reese tonight. That timeout was pivotal for Ohio State. It was absolutely pivotal for the chances of Ohio State winning this game. That was a skilled timeout by Chris Holtman. I will criticize his, his game management. I will criticize the offense continuing to not freaking move in the half court. I asked Jake Diebler about it. He says, hey, we've gotten better. Hey, we're focusing on it. I put it out on Twitter. That tweet got a bunch of likes. Everyone saw it. Everyone, everyone had thoughts on it. That's great. But again, we didn't see it much in this one. But criticize Chris Holtman all you want. That timeout was incredibly sparked. Because it keeps you in this game. And then you get Devin Roy out of there. You got Zed Key in there. He's somehow alive and breathing in this game. And you get to the final play of this game. Where the Buckeyes are up. All they need is a stop. And I give credit to the refs for swallowing the whistle for what seemed like the first time all game. This was a ref show of all ref shows. I turned to my wife at this game. Uh, it's five minutes into the second half. I said, this is going to be a long one. We're not going home anytime soon because both of these teams are going to be in the bonus by the 10-minute mark, and they were. Every foul, any any ticky-tack foul, contact, being called because that's Big Ten officiating. It sucks, but it is what it is. And however, you credit the officials for keeping the whistle out of their mouth or in their mouth and not blowing air into it. And allowing Zed Key, who got all ball, to make a play and seal the game for Ohio State. And then, you throw the ball. So, 
That ball, when 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 the when the block was made by Zed Key and Ohio State comes up with it, it was so loud in the arena that you would not have heard a whistle blow. I was going nuts. Everyone around me was going nuts. I had no idea if the clock was still going. The ball was thrown out. It kind of looked like everyone had given up, so I thought the play had stopped. So I'm kind of watching while celebrating, but the clock's still running. And then Roddy Gale jumps out of the gym with a big old windmill and ruins those who bet Maryland plus two and a half, ruins those bets, don't care. Yeah, I sprinkled some money on the money line for Ohio State. Feels good. Feels good. Buckeyes win this game. Huge for Ohio State. So, again, I would say enjoy this win 100%. We don't know if we're going to get another one like this. That win, the emotion showed by the players after the game, that is what you need. That is absolutely what you need at this point in the season. And I'm seeing people already saying, well, you know, you've got Wisconsin and Purdue next. So this momentum that you got, it's probably not going to mean anything. This is the best freaking time to get momentum. You have to go play Wisconsin and Purdue. What what is there a better time to have momentum? Do you need momentum to go freaking play Indiana again? Not that they will. Do you need momentum to go take on Rutgers and Michigan to close out the year? Yeah, it would be nice. But you want to be as hot as possible when you go take on the two best teams in the Big Ten. 100%. So, got people saying, yeah, it doesn't really matter. Whatever. It is what it is. Uh, Yeah, we're going to take this. We're going to take this. We're going to run with it. And we're going to enjoy it. Huge win for Ohio State. A couple shout-outs I think we have to make here. Bruce Thornton leads a team in scoring with 24 points. He leads a team in rebounding. Tied with Evan Mahaffey for seven. Technically, Evan Mahaffey had more rebounds per minute if you want to take that number into consideration. I don't really give a crap. Makes Bruce Thornton look better. 24 points, leading the team in points, leading the team in rebounds. Also had four assists, led the team with four assists. 10 of 20 from the field, 2 of 5 from 3, didn't miss a free throw. Picked up a steal, only had one block. Great game by Bruce Thornton. Jameson Battle only had 8 points. He had 6 rebounds in this one, 4 of 11 from the field. Didn't make a three, but he came up with some big-time shots in overtime for Ohio State. Roddy Gale playing both ways in this one. Sitting down and playing D. Doing an okay job staying out of foul trouble. Scoring 17 points. Having some very, very difficult assignments today where he was on an absolute island and asked to guard the ball, and he did it well. Great job by Roddy Gale in this one. Felix Akpara plays 33 minutes. He gets in foul trouble. He ends up fouling out in this one. Three turnovers, whatever. He had seven points. He had six rebounds. He was two or three from the field. An okay game from him. Already talked about Dale Bonner. Already talked about Devin Royal. Zed Key is the superhero of this game. He made the play when it mattered most. Huge game from him as well. And a couple notable stats in this one. Buckeyes win this game by four. They had a better field goal percentage then Maryland. They only made four three-pointers. Maryland made seven. And Ohio State shot 10 less free throws. They shot 10 less free throws and still won this game. Thanks in large part to the fact that Maryland was only 66% from the free-throw line. Ohio State was 85%. Buckeyes got out-rebounded by four. Maryland had 11 offensive rebounds in this one compared to Ohio State's five. Turnovers. Ohio State plus three on the turnover margin and there were plus 10 points in the paint. If you want to beat Maryland, you got to score points in the paint because that's where Maryland's going to be really, really good. You've got to be able to answer back, and Ohio State did it in this one. Maryland did lead in second-chance points. Maryland did what they're supposed to do. 
They played offensively the way that they play, but the Buckeyes in this one stayed in it thanks to timely plays. When you're talking about a team all season, all season, they have not been able to make the play when they need it most. In this one, they finally made the plays in the clutch. So Ohio State has got a monstrosity of a week in front of them. They're going to have to go travel to Wisconsin. They'll have Purdue at home. Can't wait to be there for that one. I hope the atmosphere is as crazy as it was for this one against Maryland. But it's going to be a huge week for Ohio State. Here's what I'll say right now. You could be staring down two potentially 15-point losses. You never know how this goes. Especially, especially after a highly emotional win that Ohio State has just picked up. It, it, it A lot of times, you'll see a bit of a, a downturn the game after an emotional win. That's fine. That's totally fine. But losses are possible upcoming against Purdue and against Wisconsin. However, the schedule gets really, really favorable for Ohio State down the stretch. I already mentioned Rutgers and Michigan to close out the year. But after these games, they've got Minnesota. They've got Michigan State, who just beat Illinois. They've got Nebraska at home. Nebraska, when you get to take on Nebraska at home, that's basically like, I don't know, Rutgers, anywhere else. And then you got Michigan, and you actually do have Rutgers. So on the schedule, let's say you upset Purdue. Let's say those those fans storm the court. Let's say you lose to Wisconsin. You're one and one. Let's say you pick up a win over Minnesota, even though they're hot right now. Let's say you 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 lose to Michigan State, so you're splitting your two and two. And let's say you close out these final three games with wins. Win over Nebraska at home, that's more than doable. Win over Michigan at home, that better happen. And win at Nebraska, Nebraska to close the year. That's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight games. You're finishing the season five and three. That's doable. Even four and four is doable. And you've got a chance to have some kind of momentum. Some kind of momentum heading into the Big Ten tournament. That's all you can ask for at this point. By the way, February 10th, Saturday, February 10th, this game reported attendance 13,471, which is actually far less than the attendance at the Penn State game. That was the last game I was at. Uh, That cannot be right. I know that ticket reporting a lot of times is just straight up uh, garbage. Uh, As in, they will tweak the numbers to make themselves look better due to season ticket holders and all those types of things. Uh, That cannot be right. There was way more people in the shot than 13,000 in this one. It It was very full. So, all that to say, big week for Ohio State. Enjoy it. Enjoy this one. You should plan for Monday to be ready for a Wisconsin preview episode. We'll do a Wisconsin review Wednesday morning, that should be out, and then we will preview Purdue probably on Friday. That should be the schedule for the upcoming week. I am exhausted. That was a an emotional game. It takes it out of you physically when you are cheering your lungs out, which I'm not afraid to do at a game at home. It's tough, but at a game, that's what you're supposed to do. Even if other fans want to be wet blankets around you, I don't care. I won't be that way. So I'm exhausted. I got to go to bed. But I appreciate you listening a bunch. Didn't even ask you to like, subscribe, follow, do any of those things. If you haven't already, can you just check to make sure, by the way, check to make sure you're following on Twitter. Check to make sure you're following on Instagram. 
Check to make sure you're subscribed on YouTube. Check to make sure you are subscribed on your platform listening choice. Most important would probably be Twitter and making sure you're subscribed on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, etc. But it is time for me to shut up so I can go rest before you shut me off. Thanks for listening today and go Bucks.